The day is yours to shape, create the masterpiece. Well, no, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing that. That's some like uh, high expectation. Yeah, <laughs> I like to think this is a masterpiece. Every episode, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm all hopped up on. I've been listening to the front bottoms for like past two hours. <laughs> <laughs> is that gonna be your lemon cake? Uh, I guess. Hold on. There's that like. I did listen to the Plastic Flowers song like 17 times in a row. I do know that one. I have only heard the the album that they did for Fun Point and I listened to it exactly once. Uh, okay. I should uh, make you listen to a couple other good songs. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to like three Weezer albums because of you. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Which ones? I don't remember the names because we had the like big argument. Because they have like two good ones and then like <laughs> two that are half good. It was like the ones that I haven't listened to in high school. Oh yeah, those are not good. Yeah, probably. Cause, but they were. Cause I assume the ones you've heard are Blue and Pinkerton. The ones I've heard are the self-title. I don't know what yeah. color that is. Well, they have they have four self-titled or five self-titled <laughs> albums. At Why would point. you do that? <laughs> they they all have a different color, so they're all like Weezer self-titled, but fans are gonna call them the blue album, the green album, the red uh, album, the white album, and the black that's album. That's just like the Beatles. I like the blue album. It's good. Yeah, that's like the one that everyone likes. And it, oh, and I liked you know. Hurley. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's an unusual one. Yeah, I just thought I it was I don't even know. What, which one is uh, Surf Wax America? That's blue. Okay. Yeah, that song is good. Anyway, point is that... Oh, oh my god, Hurley has Where's My Sex, which is like one of their, one of their dumbest songs. No, I like that one. <laughs> that was one of the ones I listened to. And it's got Brave New World, which I listened to a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't even... Mm-hmm. I haven't even heard of this shit. Hurley is the one that, that also has like their worst album cover, probably. It just has Hurley from, uh, from Lost on the cover. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> But there's also, like, there's some of their bad stuff was actually really funny. Like, I I posted about how much I enjoy um, the Can't Stop Partying because it's, like, such a disaster. Like, it... I, yeah, I you... feel like Rivers wanted to write, like, I think... Because the original take of it, like, the, there's an acoustic take that sounds... That is, like, a sad bummer song. Because it feels like he wanted to write a song originally about, like, someone who is, like too addicted to to partying and drugs and shit and it was like a but then at, at one point he decided that he's gonna make a party banger out of it uh okay. instead <laughs> kind of an ironic after, after taking enough drugs possibly yeah so it's like the but but like imagine rivers cuomo having a party right so it's like mm-hmm. the, the least convincing uh someone having fun you know it's like it's like if you explained to to someone who has never seen a human emotion what it's like to enjoy yourself and you know have a good time. Mm-hmm. I just I listened to twenty seconds and I was like, no, sorry. <laughs> I listened to that song so much; it's so funny. I'm just going through the Hurley track list, and like so many of these are instrumental to my teenage years, and I'm like, actually, damn, th- this is a good album. Trainwrecks, amazing song, good shit. You know, I. I respect that. Thank you. 
White Album is actually like pretty decent. Like there's, I think, Thank God for Girls is on it, which is one of their worst songs. And that was the single for the album. So everyone had like really low expectations. And then the album came out and it was like pretty competent. Like the lyrics are still garbage, but it's like musically much more competent than um, everything they did uh, earlier. So I would still only recommend it to listen uh, to listen to that one if you already like Weezer, because it's like not necessarily a great introduction. But if you have <laughs> like it's it's pretty decent. It's no you know it's no Blue or Pinkerton, but it's and Meladroid has a few really good songs. Like Meladroid has uh, Burnt Jam and uh, see those Slob, are the ones one that you tried songs. to get me to listen to, and I was like, Do you listen to Slob? Yeah. Several times. Did, you didn't like that? No. I think we've established that you two have disparate musical tastes. <laughs> yeah. well, we, we have, we have <laughs> some very strong intersections. We have some very yeah, that's true. good overlaps. Yeah. But Yeah, it's just the ones where, where we disagree, we super disagree. Yeah. I think it, like, it comes down to... like This is why the news is such a uh-huh. uh, instrumental, you know... Uh, Part of our podcast that everyone loves, yes? <laughs> no, just a very, very useful tool for examining how how we view things, because, I don't know, I goof around, Yeah, you but know what, that's, that's fair. I'm a very serious man, and I... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see. <laughs> and I cannot, I either like it, or I cannot... Yeah, and I'm you like, for me, it's like very Tom complicated because yeah. there's, there's a ton of things where I get into uh, them <laughs> ironically, and then I like end up double reverse irony twisting myself into liking them. Like, I'm that way with Funko Pops now, and I was that way with Minions a few years ago. <laughs> okay. I see. don't believe that you can legitimately enjoy Minions. That just doesn't no, seem possible good. to me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, but, but it's also like a mix of things. Like, uh, on one hand, I'm like, oh, it's very interesting how minions are like beca- have become like such a sponge that e- eats up everything and like <laughs> you know there's like I cannot get over how you say sponge. <laughs> how, you know, how do I say it? Sponge. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing. That's just my accent, I guess. I love it. It's like such a thing that like. You know, you can Google any pop culture character and put minions after it, and you're gonna find like drawings of it. So huh. I think that's fascinating, and also that the way how the way it's it's become such a Facebook mom thing, and I, you, I can like I, I can talk Google about that in like that respect. Pop culture celebrities as minions. But then again, I'm also like I've I've arrived like I had I've had that ironic enjoyment for so long that now when mm-hmm. I see a minion, I'm just like, oh, it's my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think a while ago, I like thought that I liked things ironically, but then I r- realized <laughs> or decided that actually they're just good, and I actually just like yeah. them. And yeah, uh, exactly. That's yeah, how you should. That's, that's how I how feel about look at it. That's how I feel about Riverdale. Yeah. No, I liked Riverdale from the beginning, like unironically, and then I found out that people are watching it ironically, and I was really surprised. Everyone said that it was it was bad and that it doesn't make sense and it's like yes that's the point yeah because they don't understand art oh no it's fine if there's a cult leader who's stealing organs and he tries to escape in a rocket ship where he has a belt (laughs) that has his name on it I think that's good yeah I have a very good friend who has like constantly bad media takes like uh 
Yeah, she's the person who's still watching Supernatural. And yeah. She was like she she hates Riverdale for some reason and was also like how can you like it? And I'm like, dude, you like Supernatural and you like Glee and I don't know how you can like you can think those are good but Riverdale is bad. Here's yeah, here's the I, ultimate test. Do you guys do you guys like Doctor Who? No. Uh, we I have I think I we have, both have a very complicated story of that. I have yeah, watched like a, exactly one episode one. and that's it. Like, I, I used to be it. super into Doctor Who, but uh, then like both both the showrunners <laughs> and the fans ruined it for me. <laughs> I watched it as a child because I live in the UK and every child watched Doctor Who. And then mm. as I got older and it got worse, I stopped watching it. Yeah, and I like dangerously it became dangerously close to those. Uh, I wish I was British and I could eat tea and meet all the styles <laughs> people. Books. This is a book that came out in uh, the year 2000. The third book in the series is the longest book in the series in my books. In the novels, I write the book in the first book. Books. In the uh, books. Books. The fifth book is about to come out. Two books. And in the books. He does that in the books too. I'm trying to think of like uh, a uh, one of our new lead-ins, whatever, like what we call our podcast. Our oh, <laughs> I forgot we're doing that, but you're right. This this is what happens when Kay isn't here. Yeah, Kay. Yeah. Every I time she did one. that, I, I was like, every time she did yeah. that, it it took me by surprise that that's a thing we're doing. <laughs> Kay stores the brain of the podcast in her head. Mm-hmm. Rene, you said you had one. Yeah, I can start us off. Oh, let's do it. Thank you. Okay, so, hello, welcome to uh, Song of Babies and Puppies, a Song of Ice and Fire reread podcast uh, for people who either like or don't like peaches. If you're a mm-hmm. peach centrist, uh, stop listening now. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> yeah, fuck right Shoe off. theory real. Like, no middle get, spiders. Get an opinion, come on. <laughs> My name is Rainer, and uh, I don't have any friends, only subjects and enemies. I'm Chaz, also known as the Sand Door to Success. My name is Janos, also known as Duran Duran, the first storming the top of the charts king. Mm-hmm. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Emmanuel. I've forgotten how to pray, and I must come to battle soon or starve. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Strong words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, you're in luck, I guess. Uh, the news segment usually is your battle, so <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get into it. I had more of like a society-wide angle mm-hmm. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you must well, come to the news section or staff. No, news is society. Okay. As as yeah. we know, um, I must defeat them now, or I will die. I <laughs> gotta be honest. I've been following the news along uh, this week, and it did not bring me joy. Um, <laughs> I feel like a lot of articles have been infuriating to me because re- remember how remember how like just a few episodes ago we had like a news uh, segment where we read an article that was like, "Will Winds of Winter come out in uh, July 2020?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was an article from June 2020. I feel like all the news has now swung into the opposite direction because now all the news articles are like, 
Will the Winds of Winter come out in 2021 even? Will the will it come out by 2022 or later? Right? Like it's and this is this is infuriating to me cuz fall 2020 still very much a possibility. Possible. Yeah. Just because he blew one deadline. Mm-hmm. Why does everyone assume that it's It, it wasn't a deadline. He doesn't <laughs> it have a deadline. That. Yeah, it was just just one thing he once said that he definitely didn't talk uh, think about after that. Like, obviously, all all of us <laughs> remembered mm-hmm. that more than he himself did. That's why he kept quiet, right? Because he didn't. He literally told you know. us, like, uh, "Yeah, don't read into the shit I say, please." And then everyone is like, yeah. "I am going to construct an entire cottage industry around this and <laughs> uh, create like, more garbage." Here's an article, and here's the other thing that I don't understand why we suddenly, as a, a society, decided that this this is that this speculation is fact. Like, so this is an article from blocktoro.com. This is just, you know... Th- but there's a ton of articles that I like. Like, I read all of them. I read all of the news, because I'm getting news alerts now. And mm-hmm. all of them are, like, basically the same. So this, this one's called Winds of Winter Rele- uh, Release Date... Delay, George R. R. Martin will launch the book in 2022 or later. Uh, and here's the thing, like this... Okay, I'm just gonna just gonna read what's going on here. The Winds of Winter release date has been delayed once again as George R. R. Martin has broken another deadline. As we said, not a deadline. Um, <laughs> the 71-year-old author had enough time to complete the sixth book in A Song of Ice and Fire series, but he broke fan expectations once again. <laughs> Oh shit, this was subverting our expectations. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like an embedded tweet about the funny imprisoned George R. R. Martin tweet. And now there are new reports making an estimate on Winds of Winter chapters that predict that the book will be out in 2022 or later. Could be possible given the pace at which George R. R. Martin writes and the length of the Winds of Winter book. Um, when will George R. R. Martin complete the Winds of Winter? And this is the this is the thing I was talking about when I say uh, I don't know why this is suddenly accepted in- information because this article goes on saying George R. R. Martin has almost completed thirty nine chapters of the Winds of Winter book and it will take a few years to finish the whole thing. While compared to the previous novels in the Song of Ice and Fire series, Winds of Winter will be a big book, and Martin <laughs> has only finished half or two thirds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where does this... I, I really need the citations on this. Blocktoro.com <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Uh, Reddit, probably. Not, <laughs> they're not big on citations, but I'm interested mm. to know like, where the originating like, post was. I think this. this was like... this. There was an Express article a few months ago where... Um, we already where talked about Brind this. and Beefish like, made this estimate, yeah. Yeah, we're, they just count, like, how many times he said, I've finished X number of chapters, plus the samples, and then they just assume that there's been no rewriting, or that he's told us every time he's finished a chapter. There's, It's baseless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, this goes on saying, the Winds of Winter will not be finished by Gurm until late 2021, or 2022, as there are around 30 or more chapters left. Like, how the f- where the fuck do you get this number? <laughs> Why would this have... Like, even even if he had told us every, about every single chapter he has finished, why, why would... The <laughs> oh, I see what they're doing. 
he has they saying he has finished 39 chapters and there's 30 more so mm. they're yeah, banking it's, on 69 it's simple chapters mathematics. yeah so that means that there's seven more years mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> seven you say or eight, like or what? Like, how? They, they, I guess they're just assuming that it has the a similar number of chapters as the previous books. But I'd like yeah, but like chapters 70, have been but... getting longer, right? Yeah. So, who says that he doesn't have like thirty-page chapters now for the Winds of Winter? I don't know. Uh, anyway, so I I think this is garbage. I think uh, <laughs> fall twenty twenty is still uh, yeah as likely confirmed. as it has ever been. Uh, moving on. Okay, this is basically the same article on the Express. Uh, as I said, it's all the same. Let's talk about some good news first. Are you ready for some good news? I love good news. Yeah. Okay, so this for is uh, also from the Express, and it says, Game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin, new Song of Ice and Fire release out now. Mm. Oh. Mm. There's so a new release out. There's a new release. Is it? Yeah. Is it Wild Cards? <laughs> <laughs> what's what's going on in Chokatan? <laughs> I wish. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm gonna read this. Game of Thrones fans finally have some good news as author George R. R. Martin announces stunning new Song of Ice and Fire releases out today, and there are dragons. Hmm. So what could wow. this be? Uh... What do you think he could have released that ties into a Song of Ice and Fire and may have dragons? <laughs> Fire and Blood Part 2. The UK is sweltering under an oppressive heat wave, so we are longing for the winds of winter more than ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is a great lead-in to this. I am, I am longing for winds of winter to cool me down. Just yeah. bathe in the book content. Yeah. Um, well, and then they, they, they're talking about the blow, blown release date again, where that day has come and gone, and no sign of the actress sequel to 2011's uh, Dance of Dragons. Today, though, Martin had some wonderful news for fans. The author had promised fans that he was hard at work during the last few months of lockdown. Today, he announced that the 2021 Song of Ice and Fire calendar was on sale <laughs> and oh. posted some incredible new images. Well, that's a relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you, can't, and then you the, can't really push back a deadline on the calendars. <laughs> yeah there's some description of what's gonna what kind of uh you know images there are in the calendar um then there's some write-up of what george wrote about this um also also one of the uh oh no this is the actual name of the painter is sam hogg Mm. Pretty good. Okay. Good name. Mm. Is he real? Is he a real guy? I think it's actually she. I think it was yeah, Samantha. Yeah. Oh, Samantha Hog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is she procedurally generated? I found her Twitter. Oh, so is this a real mm. article? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, this, this quote's from, um, from, the, from a George, like... Uh, okay. uh, blog post about the calendar like th- th- these drawings in the calendar are actually like really good like mm. I-, I will say that they are r- really cool they have great you know color mm. schemes and you know haters will say I don't like paintings but these are actually really good so 
Yeah, I mean, I, I have you on record saying that you don't like paintings. Yeah, it's fine. I, I think she does art for for Magic the Gathering too. I'm not sure, but the so- name sounds kind of familiar. All right, maybe. Oh, and surprise uh, me. Hmm. Fucking everybody does. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I, like they commissioned like hundreds of artists in there in the history. Yeah. I think. I just really love this article because it's the like most clickbaity way you could have uh, put the new A Song of Ice and Fire calendar being out, which comes out every year. Like, it's not a news that, mm-hmm. it, that it's coming out and not, like, something special. But I have never heard a calendar being described as, uh, as, as release, like a release of something, you know? Uh, and, yeah, should we briefly talk about the actual news? George uh, is there actual news? Yeah, George posted. Was it cringe or was it not cringe? It wasn't, you know, it was a George Post. He just said, like, I'm back in my secluded cabin in the mountain. (laughs) uh, And I have an assistant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he says I'm there with my my minions. Oh, so he agrees with you on the minions thing. Yeah. This this was kind of a Twitter had kind of a weird one about this because oh I, my god look I personally think it's totally fine for a seventy one year old author to have someone uh, assist him uh, at his house like we know George doesn't know how to turn on a computer so it's and true, every yeah. author has it like mm. who what what big author doesn't <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter how old you are. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- there was like I saw someone have like his spicy takes about how George needs to be guillotined because uh, who the fuck has <laughs> needs an own cabin to write and an assistant and uh, I'm you not know. saying he doesn't need to be guillotined. I'm just saying that he can have an assistant if he needs one. I feel like you should finish uh, the Winds of Winter and uh, the upcoming Dunkin' Egg uh, story and the. Uh, dream of spring before he gets guillotined like i'm not I mean, saying we get rid of the head we keep the head mm-hmm. um yeah we put it, it in a futurama uh jar for it <laughs> yeah get but it to like, finish writing this, this is this what is his fans want linking up link him up directly to his commodore 64 somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is such a fucking stupid ass like brain dead take though because like if we have actual socialism there will be more assistance for authors that's a kick-ass job you're gonna learn how to like write from a it's like a you're gonna just take care of somebody and make them food and you're gonna like be in on the process like yeah that's a kick-ass job what do you mean yeah i think every one of us would like to do that job yeah ama- mm-hmm. like yeah cook 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 fruit soup for him yeah yeah <laughs> Give him his, give him some fruit soup. That's, oh, that's a great job. Everybody under socialism will be completely autonomous, be able to take care of themselves <laughs> entirely. Like what the? That's the opposite of what it yeah. means. <laughs> fucking idiot. What if people? What if people are more individualized under the new order? I mean, they will be, as in, like they'll be have the freedom to be individuals. Yeah, but we'll, we'll exist more as a collective, is what I'm saying. Which involves mutual aid and people working as a communal group. But, you yeah, know, yeah. no helping the elderly. <laughs> no, no helping the elderly. If you pay people to help you under the current system, that means you have too much money, apparently. I don't know. I mean, like, we could talk about how 
he has a shit ton of money and could probably be giving more of it away, but that, this is just stupid. The fact, the, the idea that he has assistance. Oh, uh, it's a very dumb thing to get <laughs> outraged about. Yeah, <laughs> it was so funny because the person who tweeted that was also like, "Well, I I have finished like I don't know two novels a year, uh, and I don't have a wood cabin, and I don't have an assistant." But like, you know, those novels aren't of the like scope that the song of ice with fire well, is gonna have even then it's like okay that's nice dear but like you didn't have to do that there's so yeah. many there's so many like i see this like brain poison still in you know leftists that like it's way more prominent in like regular people but even leftists still have the idea that like instead of the political project about being like providing other people for other people so they don't have to go through what you go through it's still like oh i went through this so everybody else has to mm-hmm. yeah it's like no that's what we're trying to get rid of yeah anyway <laughs> damn i didn't expect us to get so real about this but <laughs> I'm, a, i'm a very serious man i've exactly <laughs> many are saying <laughs> i will say in this uh, in this update he also said my life is at home on hold uh, and i am spending the days in westeros with my pals mel and sam and vic and ty (laughs) (laughs) my favorite character of vic Mm. (laughs) who i love to spend time with and think about (laughs) (laughs) i was like the mr krabs get like a picture at Ty. <laughs> Shortening Tyrion to yeah. Ty. Why? What? Yeah. <laughs> T. It's a it's a five letter name, you can just say the whole the whole Maybe name. Yeah. maybe when he goes so. to join Daenerys he like reinvents himself and he's right. like starts wearing cool clothes <laughs> and it's like call me Ty. <laughs> Little Ty, yeah. Oh my god. He skateboards in, it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> somebody I think somebody in the Peacock chat was like Tyrek, uh, <laughs> POV, Pog Jam. It would be very funny. <laughs> uh, I will, <laughs> I will short just just touch on the express cover of uh, like the express covering this news because they call their article like okay. So I will add in the George Post. He also says um, and that girl with no name over there in Bravos. So mm. the interpretation of the express of this is Game of Thrones Winds of Winter huge news about five characters including Arya. Mm. Wait, is... that's Arya? <laughs> <laughs> It's not she's no one. Oh. Uh, I thought they were talking about the wave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what, what if they're the same? But I think it's Whoa. very funny that Ooh. for them the big news is that Arya is one of the characters George is writing about yeah. and that's like The character, the, the only character that has been in every book so far. Yeah. Or yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> the central, to me, central like characters. When I read this, I was like, oh shit, more male POVs, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Or, 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 you know, I'm also getting excited about knowing there's going to be Victorian chapters, because he didn't have that many, and he's an <laughs> underrated no, POV. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like Arya chapters, like that's not news. <laughs> I mean, Arya is like there's gonna be plenty of shit popping off in all of oh, the I chapters, know. and it's, it's gonna just... be wild. But yeah. Mel, 
like mm. what I think about what's gonna be in another Mel chapter, I'm like, mm. I'm just slamming my hands on the table. I'm going. I'm hooting and hollering. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hope she is translucent mm-hmm. in the chapter. I think that would be pretty mm-hmm. good. Also, also good to know we get at least one Tyrion chapter. <laughs> I was worried. <laughs> what if what if he released a Dream of Spring and there's no Tyrion chapters? There were so many Tyrion chapters in the in the books before. Let's just sideline him, set sideline him for one <laughs> one book until until Dream of Can Spring. Can you imagine if like? Tyrion was still in it, but only like through <laughs> Danny's POV. What? If, okay. That would be kind of cool. What if he <laughs> split the book back up into POVs, but it's just all of them, and then the, another book from just Tyrion? <laughs> <laughs> the wit and uh, wisdom of Tyrion Lannister. Yeah. <laughs> it's the t- Tyrion Lannister's erotic adventures, the new novel uh-huh. from George R. R. Martin. Jesus. <laughs> right, well, this has been the news. Mm. We are having a lot of fun here, but it's time yeah. to get serious. Oh shit, okay. Newsflash, asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a so we have a Catling chapter and then we have a Sansa chapter. Yeah. Um yeah. what are the numbers? Uh both three. Three, three, I think, uh, yeah. Sansa three. Wow. Okay. Another important number. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, how did we feel about these chapters, like, just in general, before we get to them? We don't usually do this, but how did we feel about these? Uh, pr- they're really good chapters. I mean, they're really depressing, but they're pretty good. And I did just keep reading after I finished them, because mm-hmm. I wanted to know what was going to happen next. <laughs> I can, yeah. but like, because a few weeks ago we were like, oh, this is, we're kind of getting into a slump. Uh, when we had like the you oh, know no, second Danny yeah. chapter or whatever with the horny paintings and uh, another Tyrion chapter and then last week also like the chapters kind of like the Tyrion chapter kind of sucked the Bran chapter was good and the Arya chapter was like m- more of the good same, but like, also more misery <laughs> yeah like mm-hmm. the f- fourth or fifth misery chapter for for Arya yeah. in a row. Now, we do get a sense of misery chapter mm. later, yeah. but I do think, like, this Catelyn chapter is kind of a turning point in the book for me, where I'm, like, getting excited about everything that's coming again, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, the first clash of kings, so to say. Ooh. Oh, wow. Ooh. <laughs> They're clashing. What is the sound that two kings make when you... <laughs> 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 Depends on the Trying kings, I'd say. If you yeah. try to clash only with one king, does it make a sound? Is it like conquers where you hit them against each other and the one that doesn't break is the winner? Uh-huh. The fuck is conquers? <laughs> what? I suddenly realized that this might be a bit too local for people who are not British. Okay, never mind. I'm interested no, intrigued the... about this game now. Like... Conquers are like horse chestnuts. And you oh, put okay. a string through them, and then you hit them together as a child, and then mm-hmm. the one that doesn't break wins. Okay, okay. that's mm-hmm. not very good game design. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah, there's lots of cheats. You can like varnish them, but it makes them like <laughs> more brittle. And yeah. you can like soak them in vinegar as one as well. Uh-huh. It's like uh-huh. you know, serious business. But do people like meet up and they all bring bring their own like nuts or whatever? What what are they called? Horse chestnuts. You get them from a tree. They fall off a tree and you grab them. 
Yes, yeah, so is it like I could imagine it being like with Pokemon that everyone has like their <laughs> team of nuts and then you train them. Yeah, you meet up with your yeah. pal and g- crush your nuts against each other. <laughs> Fellas, I mean that's kind of how it is. <laughs> Fellas, <laughs> <laughs> crush your nuts against each other. <laughs> uh, I did I did play a similar game growing up because I'm uh, I grew up like Eastern Orthodox and uh, that's what they do with eggs on Easter. They're oh, like, we do that too in uh, Catholicism. Uh, it's just see, yeah. I've never just, heard of this. So, I feel wow. like uh, at least Western in Austria Catholics, it's a thing. So yeah, it's not where I'm from. Okay, <laughs> I, don't, I feel like only that. some Catholics have mm. picked up on the egg game, <laughs> but. Yeah, you <laughs> like you hard boil a bunch usually of usually like yeah, yeah. You yeah. hard it's like the because it's an egg because it's like a tomb for Jesus. Yeah. Um, what? <laughs> no, that's what we were told. Okay. The eggs are at Easter because it's the tomb. Yeah. That's insane. Like I, I've been a churchgoer for a period of my life, and. Catholics, like, really super didn't care about eggs at Easter. Like, n- neither about eggs nor about rabbits. Oh, it's definitely... It's a cultural thing, I think. <laughs> yeah, probably. Like, for us, like, Easter church is just, like, you know, eating the cookie or whatever. <laughs> we, we know I about don't know what the it's symbolism called in English. it's in this book. Because the, mm-hmm. the egg is a tomb, egg is a tomb. Uh, yeah. for the dragon, Lucifer, mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Morning star yes. person. But anyway, yeah, you bang okay. your eggs together and you say, <laughs> Christ is risen. Uh, <laughs> that is, this is once again Catholics going through intricate rituals. In oh, Conkers yeah. you say, I fucking hate you, I'm going to kill your conquer. Um, and then you hit it with your conquer. <laughs> <laughs> if you fucking made uh. up this game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know, but it's, it's tradition. Mm-hmm. It's mm. traditional. Yeah. It's all about how mm. small you can get the hole, mm. which kids don't realize. It's about uh, structural strength. Mm-hmm. What were we saying? Clashing of kings. Yeah, yeah. let's talk about Catelyn III. Uh, let me just take a big sip of water before I get into this. This chapter was kind of hard to sum up because I feel like everything that happens in it is significant. So, Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of... Uh... Catelyn gives us, like, the history of Storm's End right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's just, like, again, like, seven layers of, like, okay, world building, okay, there's uh, character stuff, Baratheons are stumber- stubborn, and then there's myth stuff. But, yeah, anyway, I'll let you go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so this, you know, Catelyn is at the uh, neutral meeting place where Renly and Stannis meet. And she's first, actually. And she looks at the field. It's uh, very symbolism. It's described as a grassy sword dotted with pale gray mushrooms and raw stumps of felled trees. Can't wait for you to explain that later. <laughs> because it sounds, it sounds significant, right? Yeah. I mean, mushrooms are weirwoods. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I, guess we, I guess we understand it already. Yeah. We're too good at this. We don't have to explain anymore. Like, Those of on. us who are like know the deep lore we know that Mm -hmm. it's yeah we understand yeah yeah i guess i can skip uh over this part and she catlin is basically like damn i wish i were anywhere else uh right now but she's also like this is this is you know rob gave me this task and it's basically impossible like she's like 
doesn't give herself much of a chance that uh, she's gonna accomplish anything here. It says, it would be no easy thing to forge a peace between these brothers, uh, but for the good of the realm, it must be tried. Uh, you know, Rob sent her, so she has to do this. And then she looks at Storm's End, and then she starts thinking about lore. <laughs> Uh, and basically, yeah, the the like myth or the legend of Storm's End, how it came to be, is that there's been this guy named Durin, uh, the first Storm King, uh, and she, no, he, married Elenia, who was the daughter of the sea god and the goddess of the wind. And when they married, uh, their parents, like her parents, were very angry because they're gods, and she married a normal human and. Uh, and had sex with him like <laughs> this is actually like specifically that she had yielded her maidenhood to a mortal's love made herself like made her also mortal and the gods hated this and that's why winds and waters because it was you know uh wind god and water god they both tried to destroy uh the castle and all the wedding guests and the wedding guests actually all died but eleni and Duran, Duran. What's how do you pronounce his name? Duran, 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 like the Duran, Duran. Yeah, um, yeah. Duran and Elena survive, and then uh, they're like, okay, this, you know, it's like the it's like the three little pig story, where they're like, this didn't work. Let's build a stronger castle. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and he does this five more times. And all five get destroyed. So at this point, six castles have been destroyed. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if the next number is going to be like a myth uh, number, a significant <laughs> number, you know. And then the seventh castle <laughs> was built with, either with the help of the children of the forest, or with the help of a small little tiny baby boy, also known as Brand the Builder. <laughs> <laughs> Brand the baby. Brand the baby. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, like, these, there's these variations of the story, but this all, like, all of them end by, hey, and this castle was strong enough to protect them from both storm and water, but still, up to this day, the gods are still trying to destroy it. That's why there's always bad weather and storms and water at Storm's End. That's why it's called Storm's End, I guess. <laughs> it sort of feels like it kind of goes out of Cat's POV a bit and just mm. sort of shifts into, like... Let me I don't know. tell you this cool like, story. Yeah, like third person yeah. narrative. It kind of slips into yeah, into a uh what's the what's it called when there's no when there's no character POV in a the book? Narrator? Or... Omniscient. Yeah, an omniscient narrator, yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh but I guess, I guess she would know it, I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's a cool story, I like yeah, it. It's it's very cool. like uh, Greek or Roman yeah, gods, exactly. like the the child of a gods uh, like falls in love with immortal and yeah gods get angry yeah also a bit like lord of the rings just saying <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i wonder if tolkien has read old myth probably not <laughs> no, no he wouldn't <laughs> he made it all he up, says up, only up. only original stories here no stealing content <laughs> he never read another book yeah, <laughs> he read old myths, but he just thought they were all literal because he hated allegory. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this can't possibly be that. about anything else. 
so yeah so Catelyn then looks at uh, Stannis's army arriving and she's like huh he's got a new Kura uh, banner uh, because uh, this one's you know this one's not rich gold but it was a brighter yellow and it was red but you can't quite tell what shape it is yet um, and then she sees that Stannis is wearing a crown of red gold and it has like flames at the end uh, and then she sees that Pretty the banner cool. actually has a crown tag, but it is tinier, smaller, and it is inside a big red heart that is uh, on fire. It's Which a I think... Valentine's Day promotion. Don't yeah. About it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stannis is just all about like peace, love, and understanding. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty cool banner. I like it. Uh, and then she also sees a red priestess. And we, the readers, know who that is and feel very smart about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, like, kind of do, you know, exchange some small talk. Catelyn uh, and Stannis, they're like, Catelyn is calling uh, is calling him Lord Stannis and he's gritting his teeth, but he doesn't say anything about it. Uh, and then they, like exchange some politeness about Ned dying and Stannis is like well your husband was no friend of mine but I will still bring him justice and Cat is like I don't need justice I want my daughters back uh, and then Stannis is like I will send your daughters back when I find them and then Cat is like yeah but when are you gonna find him why the fuck are you here and not like why did, didn't you go to King's Landing instead why are you uh, marching towards your brother uh, and at this point, Renly arrives, and he's like, Renly is like, look, look, Kay can't be here this week, uh, because she's... It's it's a Renly roast. <laughs> yeah, Kay can be, can't be here this week, and she told us, uh, I'm going to read out the message she sent us about... Um, she took some very important notes that we will transcribe yeah. here for you. Um, let me find it. There we go, yeah. So this is what Kate wants wants us to relay. Tell everyone the peach is good. Tell Renly that I love him. Renly is nice. <laughs> I guess he's nice. Uh, I have some not, nice things to say about super him. super nice in this but... chapter. <laughs> oh, there's the... Okay. <laughs> I have to say. I just saw your images about the Game of Conquers. It's... I love that these children are all wearing like shirts and ties. Uh, it's because it's a school uniform. Oh, okay. I thought it was the, like the, the competitive conquers uniform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just that just school kids playing. Okay. So anyway, yeah, Renly arrives and Renly is kind of like full joker mode here all the time. He's constantly like, you know, he's not, I don't think he's, I think he feels like, how do I put it the nicest way? I don't think he's like very cooperative in this situation or very nice. This is just my perception of the situation imagine uh k big disagreeing with me um i'm trying to let me put myself in the headspace of k mm-hmm. and try and think what she'd say she'd say but stannis isn't being particularly helpful here either rand is just uh, self-confident yeah, i guess yeah. he knows stannis is he just knows be, his, his stannis nice is just being obnoxious and renly can't help it because he's like i just want to have a fun conversation with my brother or i'm a bit mean to him but at the same time, Stannis isn't like, let's hang out and go fight Tywin. He's like, you got to say I'm the king. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Stannis yeah, does it's... say, like, 
you know, once I'm done with my brother here, your your son will have his. Uh, he'll get his too. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, they're both, they're both saying like, yeah, that. Yeah, I I also love to kill. Um, and yeah, Kat's I, just like fine. It's not what, like Renly why? doesn't feel that yeah, way. He's just less open about it, or he's like he's like mm. more f- joking about yeah. than going well, to I smash think- up Rob. Renly, Renly, even though he said that um, it would be mostly symbolic, he is willing to allow Rob to be king in the north mm. Um, mm. per the last wow. chapter discussion. Whereas I'm pretty sure Stannis at this point probably isn't into that, although we haven't heard anything. But he's going straight to like, I'm going to kill. No. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to. He would say, you. it's a lie. Take it out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he would yeah, say so, it's not, it's not yeah. the truth, though. Yeah, but like Renly, like the energy with which Renly uh, arrives here is Law New Banner, nobody likes yeah. you. <laughs> okay, these are the first two things he says. He's like, come on, bro, like, you can't be king. Have you seen how much the people are making fun of you for not being as sexy as I am? Yeah. <laughs> which, have we seen any evidence of that? We haven't. Yeah. I mean, Ned very much wanted uh, Stannis to be king, and the, like the North probably would have been down for it. And yeah, we got um, very like um, you know those couple of lines in the Arya chapter in Game of Thrones where they were talking about like she overheard people talking about the whole situation mm-hmm. with Robert dying and blah 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 who mm-hmm. killed him and. There were like some people that were like, "Oh, Renly's a nice man, and he would never kill his brother." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, like, then later we get a ton of, like... I, I'm not sure Ren is even talking about the small folk here, because I can't see him considering the small folk. Uh, but well, from, he'll, like... He'll say this whenever he, he... Like, he'll consider the small folk whenever he thinks that they agree with him. Yeah. You know, or, like, he'll, he'll manufacture a uh, a public, you know, that agrees with He did with say, him. like... Yeah. Many, he did say like every baby in the womb, mm-hmm. yeah. every baby in the womb, and every old guy's like no. Because no we did status. get like what I was gonna say is we did get some of the small folks' uh, input on the whole king situation, and it's like they don't really care or are very informed about mm. it. Like nobody likes Joffrey, but they're either like gonna be like ah, I wish we had the old King Aerys back, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, or we even had we even had a Joffrey stand. I mean, it could have been a show of the one guy that that Arya was uh, was imprisoned with. Yeah, but mm-hmm. no, he, he seemed to be sincere, right? Because yeah, but it's his, like basically all over the like, place. Yeah. Uh, whether people support someone or not, like it's it simply isn't so that everyone would be on Renly's side and among the small folks. It's more like nobody really fully understands what's going on, and they're either gonna. Uh, gonna cling to their old memories of like the Targaryen rule or they're gonna be like robot loyalists or they're you know still be Joffrey Stan somehow or maybe they're gonna like Renly or Stannis but it's not like there's gonna be it's not like everyone is Stannis sucks and Renly is cool yeah there is a line I think where Catelyn's like um, thinking about Stannis and she's like that one will not bend so Uh, Iron confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and then once again, like, as they're, like, arguing here, once again, 
uh, Catelyn's like, come on, Lord Tywin sits at Helen Hall with 20,000 swords. Uh, why aren't you? Why aren't you marching that way? She's like, uh, you each name yourself king, yet the kingdom bleeds. But they don't really consider this. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> Renly just Im- immediately goes into, well, Stannis should bend the knee. He says, uh, yeah, he says, I propose that you dismount, bend your knees, swear me your allegiance. Um, and uh, what does he promise him? He offers him Storm's End, basically, and that's yeah. it. If he bends the knee to Renly. Great. Uh, also, along the way, he insults him for... Uh, for not having any sons and not, for, having, not uh, having a hot wife not having a hot wife and for being fucked <laughs> by a clown yeah, uh, he and he's like love that. once I take the throne I will have so good straight sex with Marjorie and we will produce <laughs> many sons immediately <laughs> <laughs> like he's so confident about how, he's a, how Marjorie is gonna give him a son <laughs> cause that's how it works mm. He's got strong swimmers. Yeah, yeah. he's strong. <laughs> he's very Robert in that moment. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Some Robert traits. Yeah. Well, this uh, this is like a more example of um, he he basically is like just believes that you know him being king is like a foregone conclusion. The same thing with him that he thinks that all the small folk will just automatically like him or already do like he already thinks that he like has the whole kingdom he's just like letting it play out but because he's just like i don't know i i went off about this before whenever we ducked um a couple episodes ago but like renly just he has his idea of things and he just doesn't even consider that other people could have anything yeah. different in their head like all also, of, I actually yeah good no, because I'm I'm like looking at my notes and I actually uh, skipped over the most important part of this chapter, which is peach time. <laughs> peach time. It's peach time, baby. Because Renly's like, uh, yeah, because right before it's like when Renly says uh, Stannis to bend his knee, Cat uh, says like a disparaging comment about how um, you know if you were my son, I would scold you both for fighting like children like the little children you are and then Stannis uh I think I think they're talking about like whether any of them have a have a claim and then Stannis basically bring, brings up the thing about uh, Cersei incest Joffrey being an incest baby and Catelyn cannot yeah. believe it she's like no can even mm. Cersei be that mad <laughs> and really yeah. kind of ah, you, you can't prove it so yeah. Well, just remember when this was a major big secret that was the big plot point mm-hmm. of the first book and now yeah, Caitlin um, just got Caitlin's the final finding clue. out that for the first time, mm. and she's like, "Fuck, that's wild." Yeah. Imagine, pretty fucked up. But it does it's, make sense. It's funny how it's like it was like the thing that uh, you know Ned spent an entire book figuring out, and Cat <laughs> even at this point doesn't know that this was why Ned went down. Basically, mm. it's mm-hmm. kind of sad. Yeah, because just all the other all the other characters know because of the letters, I guess. So. K voice. Yeah, Stannis knew the whole time and he didn't tell anybody or to help Ned. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> Which is, like, kind of valid, but... Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Stannis and Ned both went about it in a way that might not have been the best solution, but who the fuck knows? Because mm. yeah, Stannis... Well, predict stuff. Stannis went to John Arryn, right? Mm. Which then... Or was it the other way around? 
No, Stannis, no he said Stannis went Stannis to John Arryn yeah, in this yeah. chapter because uh, he didn't go to Renly because he knew Renly would just say he was being self-serving. So he decides to go to... To Robert. He didn't tell Robert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ned went to Stannis with it, basically. Like, he sent him... He wrote to him. John Arryn was like, hmm... It's an interesting theory, but I have to watch these dogs fuck for a year before <laughs> I can be sure. Let me just draw some Punnett squares and I'll get back to you. I need to figure out genetic theory. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, then Kathleen's gears start turning and she puts the different plot points of the book together because then she remembers how... Uh, like when when uh, Stannis says that uh, he told John Arian about this, then Cat uh, starts to remember that my sister actually accused the Queen of killing her husband, and then later Tyrion because he was closer. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I yeah, she's starting to put it together too. And then at this point, like this is, you know, kind of an important conversation about claims that are happening, and this is when Randy decides to pull out a peach. Mm. <laughs> Consider this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a little snack in between. Get the get our blood sugars up again. Because I remembered Peach. Like, it's such an iconic scene. It's such an iconic scene because, mm. spoilers, Stennis is going to remember this for... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, when, when Randy pulls out the Peach, the fucking Telltale game, Stennis will remember this pops up above his head. <laughs> uh-huh. But I didn't remember that it was like in the middle of yeah. uh, of when Stannis was kind of bringing Catelyn on board that he actually has a claim while Renly doesn't. So mm-hmm. he was using the the peach was a distraction. <laughs> it does seem like it, yeah. Cat's like having a think, and Renly's like, "But have you considered the delicious peach? It's sweet, and you should always eat it if you happen to have one. Would you like a peach, dear brother?" And he's mm-hmm. like, "Fuck off! I'm trying to have a conversation." <laughs> Uh, I did not come here to eat fruit. (laughs) 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 Every fucking line from Stannis is just like hilarious. Yeah, so good. good. This chapter, this is why this chapter is, uh, you know, so good and also so uh, like impossible to discuss in short because like really every line is so good and it's like you know it's the tension of them having this. Uh, this conversation of this conversation between these two like major players of the game of thrones Mm -hmm. and and with having catelyn there as the pov that is like the you know impartial observer of the situation makes it really good i was gonna bring up the because randy's speech is so iconic that i do need to bring up the fact that it has its own uh page on the wiki of ice and fire A, what does it tell a, us? A peach page. Um, there's a few fan arts of the peach, <laughs> uh, and I do want to. I did want to bring up the uh, quote by George R. R. Martin, where he talks about Renly's speech and what it rep- represents. Mm. Uh, okay. George says the peach represents well, it's pleasure, it's tasting the juices of life. <laughs> Stennis is a very martial man. Concerned with his duty, and with that peach, Renly says, "Smell the roses," because Stannis is always concerned with his duty and honor, in what he should be doing, and he never really stops to taste the fruit. Renly wants him to taste the fruit, but it's lost. <laughs> I wish that scene had been included in a TV series because for me that peach was important, but it wasn't possible. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't possible. No peach budget. 
I think Renly does stop to smell the roses. Yes, I think that's true. Yeah. I, do you think George is putting on a hat when he says this? Probably. I, I think it's pretty straightforward. It is like, yeah, it's just like, Renly, we've talked about his faults, but... Um, he likes to have fun. Yeah, and I I feel like I kind of like, I talked a little bit about it in the Pigot chat, but I don't think I've said it on the pod that like, I've really only said my negative shit about him, but like, <laughs> there there are good things about him, and like the reason I dislike him is because like all the things that are bad about him are like kind of like strengths that turn bad, basically. You know what I mean? Like they're like things yeah. that yeah. could be good in moderation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he's really confident. He's really like good in social situations he has a lot of political skill uh and can he's like easygoing and makes people like him he's like really nice and charming but he takes that too far and he like just treats people like pawns or and is like so overconfident but yeah like he's just a he he could be just a nice guy that is like very joyful and like nice and enjoys life but he's i don't know it's like too yeah 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 and there's also you know taking this opportunity yeah he's also like the smallest child um so much younger than stannis uh Mm -hmm. yeah there's there's also like the whole like baratheon brothers um family drama is it's such a classic you know family tragedy i think Mm. hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for all you Succession fans out there, <laughs> Renly's definitely the Roman Roy of uh, the Baratheon brothers. Thank you. Okay. I have no idea what any of the words you said mean, but... I have a definitely legally acquired copy of the first season of Succession, and it's sitting on my drive. Uh, but okay. every episode is like an hour long, like 60 minutes long. It's what I hate about they don't HBO feel, shows. They don't feel long. <laughs> I feel like... As- a TV show should cap at forty-five minutes, maybe fifty. But then, we um, yeah, but I'm I'm from Britain, where all the TV shows are an hour long, so I'm used to it. Ah, well, I think if you have writers who are used to writing it, then it's fine. And he's a British writer, so that's probably why. Okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna unpack that. <laughs> uh, all right, should we get back to the chapter? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess it was important to discuss peach time. Yeah. Each time. Um, let's yeah. see. Yeah, well, and the, the other side of it is like how baffled Stannis is. Like, he can't yeah. even comprehend a peach. He doesn't get it at all, and he's like affronted, <laughs> which yeah. is also hilarious. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, What? Fruit? What? This has nothing to do with anything. I yeah. hate you. Um, can we get on? I mean, it, it's kind of weird. Like, they are discussing, like, treason and serious accusations and they're really just oh, would anyone like yeah i mean i would also be surprised by that yeah, to be like, honest like i would also be like what it, it just yeah it it seems he's not really taking everything serious this serious and like he's, he's just very he's not here to make any compromises or something like that it's uh yeah either you like uh, you commit to all my demands or i'm out of here that's <laughs> that's his very clear his approach He's just very theatrical. <laughs> Stannis, uh, like, even coming to this 
this meeting was like a concession from him. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he was like, I swore I would never treat with you while you wore your traitor's crown. Yeah. And I wish mm-hmm. I had, I wish I'd held that vow. <laughs> yeah, that's like the other side of the yeah. thing. Like, that's why I will call out Kay for this because she's always like, yeah, well, Renly is, is a bit trashed, but I like him. And, you know, yes, it's fault, but you should also consider that he actually does some nice things and i think i think this is where we also need to like consider stannis how he like in this situation is also like obviously is not handling it the best but for himself like for what he is at this point he is really like just the fact that he agreed to meet up with him he's already like going into compromises of his like he's already like gritting his teeth uh, really hard to be like i think he also like he is trying you know yeah he's not trying enough you might think but like i think he's trying more than like stannis uh at this point of his character arc is able to try Mm -hmm. yeah he's he's at least taking it serious Cat's like he doesn't bend, but he's trying to bend a little bit. Yeah, you know, he's like, God, I'm trying to, <laughs> <laughs> trying to come up with a comparison of what, uh, what Stennis is like here. I don't know, my brain empty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brooks always talks about how he's like the ultimate middle child. Oh yeah. yeah, and I think like you know, growing up in uh, Robert's shadow has got to be like, mm. you know, it's got to go hard on you, and you might become like a. I also really like how like, you know how, when we meet Shireen, in the prologue, mm. and uh, Crescent describes her as the saddest child he's ever seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's also like kind of how I imagine like Stannis as a child being. Oh yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. that, the, the the boy child who is, like, way too serious at all times, uh, and is, like, you know, he's, he's basically a moody teen, I guess, probably, and I think that's nice to think about. Yeah, and I I think the scene is just so informed by the fact that they are siblings who've had this past yeah. sibling relationship. Uh, um, lack lack of relationship. Oh, well, yeah, like lack of relationship. Yeah. Like they can't... I think Renly later says that he doesn't care so mm. much for Stannis as a brother when he's like, yeah, I'm going to go kill him tomorrow. Mm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, but they both. like. Yeah, and Kat's just like, this is very childish. Mm. I want to lock you in a room until you remember <laughs> that you're brothers. <laughs> Which neither of them appreciate, mm. really. Yeah, like Renly's going to be... Okay, let's, let's quickly uh, go through the rest of this conversation and then get to like what happens afterwards. So... Yeah, exactly. Like Stannis basically offers uh, Renly at this point that if he swears his allegiance to him, uh, he's gonna give Renly Storm's End, and he's gonna give him his old seat at the council, and he's gonna make him his heir as long as he has no uh, boy child. And to, to Which this, Renly basically, be anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like, but, still, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's not gonna disown him or whatever. Yeah. And then Renly to this only says, "Lol, you don't even have an army." Like his, his Renly is like really um, riding on how his army is like ten times the size of Stannis's army or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think he has around uh, 
three or four times the forces that Stannis has here. I don't have, like, the, I don't, I think, like, Brooks and Eddie said this on an earlier PGOT, that they, when numbers of an army size is said, they have no idea what that means, and I'm kind of like that, like, I... Yeah, that's okay. I can um, only see them in, okay, this one's bigger than this one, cool. Can we talk about how uh, Renly, if he took Stannis's offer, would basically be in the same fucking position he is now, like... Except mm-hmm. that he wouldn't be fighting pointless. Like, he he would have the same, you know, influence. Like, why wouldn't he just mm. go back to his his old job under Robert? Yeah. For like, there's no why. <laughs> he just wants to be king. This is like where the whole thing falls apart for me. That like, he is doing this because like. Yeah, he wants to be king now. Yeah, yeah. like. But even that, like, status is going to war. There's like a good chance that he might die in some battle so if and there's like a good chance he only fucks his wife once yeah. a year and is not gonna have another <laughs> um, have a yeah. son like yeah i don't Renly get just... why he's so convinced that he's gonna get a son yeah he's not because well, he just thinks it's gonna work out but yeah he's just saying he just wants to be king he's not willing to like be under Stannis for like for no mm. reason basically uh, yeah, it's really, it really makes no sense to me why he was okay with it at, like, Robert's council position, but if it's... Well, now Spanish, it's just he... he's got it in his head that it's already done. Yeah. Like... Yeah, I guess that's also, like... I think Renly also has, like, a ton of yes-men in his... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amongst his bannermen. Like, we'll see that in a bit, like, at the uh, towards the end of this chapter. But, like, yeah. Uh, maybe... And what age is he, like, 18, 19 at this point? He's, like, 22 or, 20, or something. 21. Oh, yeah, okay. I think 21 is mentioned at one point. Somewhere in yeah. there. Yeah. Hmm. Baby. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, this, it just really went to his head, I guess. Ah, <sighs> well. Yeah, and then at this point, Stannis is, like, gritting his teeth, and then he says, well, I guess we'll meet on the battlefield. I don't know what he actually says here. Because uh, I didn't write that down, I only wrote that. Then Mel basically like shoots a look to, shoots a meaningful look to Renly. Uh, well, she tells him, "Look to your own sins." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so good, I love her. <laughs> she, I guess, the, in in future chapters, there's probably gonna be fights about the Melisandre's role in this too, but. I think she's great. I like Melisander. I think she's good. Yeah. And then Renly is like, haha, Joker society. He's like, yeah, he says, that was amusing, if not terribly profitable. Like, this this, this yeah. is still just a joke to him. Uh, he's and that, he's I think talking that about profitable. how that sword was kind of cool that Stannis had, but my boyfriend will give it to me. Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention Stannis' shiny sword. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that even Caitlyn is like, whoa, what's cool sword? What's that? Looks looks like it might be hot because it's got mm. heat waves coming off it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. Do I feel it? I don't know. Yeah, there's a point where Stannis becomes very. Stannis is experiencing severe botherations from Renly <laughs> and is like pulling his sword and it's shiny and red. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Even even Renly likes it. He wants it. Mm. So. <laughs> He's just like, I wonder where I can find a sword like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't see that model mm-hmm. at the sword store when I went there last. 
<laughs> we don't get it. Yeah. I'll, check, I'll just yeah, take stances. Great mods. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then... Uh, oh, yeah, this is why I said Joker Society, because then uh, Renly also talks about how... Uh, well, my brother is the lawful heir, but we live in a society, and who cares? She's, he's like, it's a fool's law, wouldn't you agree? Why the oldest son and not the best fitted? Yeah. <laughs> the crown will suit me. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like Billy Eilish voice. You should you should see me in a crown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, he he talks about how cool he is, and this is like all just it. It just feels to me like all of the reasons he gives for why he should be king are just like postdoc. Yeah. Rationalizations for what he already wanted and what he already like feels he deserves. I guess I don't know. And he's not consistent in his his argument here. Like on the one hand, he says, "Oh, like uh, like uh, Joffrey is the is the lawful heir, so we are we are all usurpers anyway." But then, well, if if Stannis dies, then I'm 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 rightfully king, and also like I'm I'm kind of uh, seeing myself as a successor to to the Baratheon line, but also I'm starting a new one, and yeah, yeah, he's not really mm-hmm. making a a consistent he argument. He just wants to be king. Just, you know, whatever whatever suits him at the moment. Because he's the smartest and the bestest and also the hottest. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Kat's like, and also the humblest, right? And he's like, listen, this is my one floor. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. God, what a good chapter. This is like, like seriously, like I do good. think that Renly is really well, um, well developed, interesting yeah. character. Like I'm... Yeah, I can't. I can't I'm wait to read more of that. him. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to meet him for the next five books. Uh, yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was saying. That line, that like, you know, quippiness where he's going off, and then Catelyn's like <laughs> raising her eyebrow, and then he says, "Oh, you gotta let me out." Like, that's a funny thing. Like, mm. he's yeah. really charming, yeah. and mm. yeah, but... the situation is too serious for that. I think at this point. Yeah, and it's just like I would I would love it if anybody else had this that wasn't trying to be king and uh yeah. involving thousands of lives in his bid for power that he doesn't really Yeah, in a way he's have any he's not yeah. taking himself too serious like he can he can yeah. like uh, shrub off some some small slight or or if someone makes makes a little bit fun of him but maybe he should he should take himself a little bit more serious or, or the yeah. whole situation. But. Yeah, I would rather have someone take the situation too seriously mm. as not mm. seriously at all. Yeah, uh, mm. yeah it's, it super feels like he... Like, throughout this entire chapter, not for a moment does Renly actually take anything seriously. And, you know, you kind of wish he would. Yeah, yeah. He, he probably grew up very... yeah. No, sheltered yeah. in in a way that everyone around him like probably always liked him or at least pretended to like him and and told him how how great and how charming he was and yeah yeah like talking about guillotine it's kind of funny to uh, <laughs> to think about how like in the previous like Arya chapters we saw like how much uh, shit the small folk went through and partially it, it was for a big part out of the fault of Tywin who you know deployed Gregor and his um, 
people like this normal people are going through so much shit and then this motherfucker yeah. is just laughing at everything yeah and he's like letting them fight each other and these are people who will die because they're killing each other and he's talking about the vanguard mm. and he's like oh we'll have a great fun time mm. with you all leading these vanguards yeah. and it's like well people are gonna die <laughs> and that's fucked up pretty fucked up okay let's talk about the, the rest of the chapter like after that they're like uh yeah Mathis Rowan talks about how you don't even need to battle Stannis uh you can just hold him siege and um you know he's got we can take King's Land King's Landing while he's sitting there hungry you know Courtney Penrose can hold the hold it under siege basically and then on the other he's like okay but then people will say that I'm not epic like he says, yeah. they will say, "I fear to face Stannis." Mm-hmm. Well, this this is like a legitimate. This is like a very valid uh, political move here. Mm. He can't. He can, like Storm's End is literally his fucking castle. Yeah, he true. can't be like. That's the whole thing that's gonna happen. Uh, well, other people will deal with similar problems to this in the future. Uh, not naming any names, but. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, if you can't protect your own place, then, like, yeah. that's a serious um, yeah, mark also on your... If, yeah, also, if he, mm. if he beats Stannis, I think he also points it out, like, there's a good chance that some of his bannermen will, will like, come over to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And Stannis has a huge reputation as, like, a, a and it's well-deserved that he's, like, a really good uh, tactician. That, so, like, beating him is, like, it pretty... Would be pretty epic. Yeah. Yeah, and then everyone else is like, "Yeah, let's fight. I want to, I want to fight." And then they're arguing about who is gonna, um, who is gonna lead the center and who's gonna, who's gonna go mid. <laughs> who's taking left <laughs> field? Who's right that. field? Yeah, who's shortstop? Yeah, and then yeah. they're saying, "Yeah, someone, one of the seven of the you know rainbow guard should strike the first mm. blow, and then." Then Renly says it should be Loras, mm. and then Loras says, "Yeah, let's go." Yeah, he's, he's putting his boyfriend in the front of the battle. That's that's, that's how serious he takes it. Yeah. yeah. Well, Loras is pretty good at fighting, but yeah, still. Still, yeah. There'll be a lot of people there. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a lot of people good at fighting mm. here. So. <laughs> yeah. Is Loras even good at fighting? Is good at tourneys. Uh. Has he ever fought anything? No. No. Not a not a real like fight. Yeah. Spoilers, we will see like, he will fight in the future and does <laughs> Tarot No. Um, yeah, that's well, great, I think, yeah. That's that's kind of different conditions. This yeah. is he knows how to ride a horse good and do you know, work a lance. So he'd be yeah. good at a front yeah. charge. He's got you know, he's got his reputation, so he's gonna make all of his uh soldiers that are under him like like you know give them courage or whatever so he's a good pick but yeah it is just like they're being so Mm. flippant about this Mm. Mm. yeah yeah and Catelyn at this point does look at them and think about how well they're summer knights they're inexperienced Mm. uh they like she basically thinks the same thing we are thinking here or we were talking about how they're like all of them are not like don't seem to be taking the situation very seriously and then Brienne like shows up and 
uh, and Renly sa- like she says, "My place is at your side. I am your sworn shield." And then, <laughs> and Stannis says, "Well, but there's six more, so I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> like he's, I don't know, <laughs> kind of rude here. He says, "Never fear. Four of your fellows will be with me with you uh, in the fight." And then yeah. Ren- then Brienne says, "Well, let me at least." arm you for battle and then he says okay so i don't know and then uh, finally he says uh hey lores come pray with me um mm-hmm. once again a returning motive of boyfriends praying together where else did that show up stan and john <laughs> i can't john. believe oh forgot. yeah yeah <laughs> damn that might be a that classic scene everyone's favorite scene uh and then yeah how does this end it ends with like Cat not being in a great mood. <laughs> yeah, Cat goes back to see her men and she's like, well, that fucking didn't work. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All we can do is pray and hope. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also Renly tells her that uh, you're not allowed to leave yeah. and I want you to watch. Yeah, I was going to say, did we, mention, <laughs> did we mention that she's not allowed to leave? She has to stay and watch them fucking kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> you have to stay and watch what happens to rebels because I want your son to know about it from your lips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> we love it. Normal. <laughs> yeah, a good chapter. Damn, what a chapter. Mm. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Can't wait for the epic battle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting to see who's going to win out of um, Renly's unseasoned men and Senesis smaller but mm-hmm. uh, more experienced army i think that'd be really interesting yeah and there's <laughs> some interesting terrain where they're up against the walls but also the sun they'd be charging into sunlight whenever the dawn rises yeah yeah damn there's like yeah it's like Pretty cinematic uh, <laughs> it's like field advantages or whatever yeah very very mm. uh a lot of asymmetric dynamics going on yeah yeah the ants come in at the end and stuff. Like, <laughs> <down the> <laughs> no, that's why that's why they cut down all the trees. So the, the, end, the oh. ants here. Sin is new. He was thinking ahead. He, he that's, why the, the that's why the ants are pissed. Maybe the mushroom people. Come on. The mushroom people. <laughs> I feel like a whole army of people on on hallucinogens is not going to be that dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the hallucinogen, yeah. I guess. It gives them, like, if it matrix makes it, like, vision so that they really, can see Really, really fearless and <laughs> you don't feel any pain or shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, mm-hmm. pretty good, pretty good chapter. Good chapter, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry for talking about this in so much detail, but, like, we had to. So, mm. hope you enjoyed Interesting this. Interesting that Kalen, I think we mentioned the line, but he, Kalen says, um... She basically just gives Germs like thesis on kingship, where mm-hmm. she says, yeah. "Like you each name yourself king, and but the kingdom bleeds, and none of yeah. you are doing anything about it except for my son." And then they just like they don't even acknowledge it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder if one of them will have character growth and you know yeah. actually learn from this. <laughs> yeah, when Renly becomes king of Westeros, he will have learned far more about the art of kingship. <laughs> mm. <sighs> Alright, 
Should we do the okay. bad chapter? You want to talk about a chapter that is not fun in any way? That doesn't yeah, have any have peaches to. in it. Yeah, no peaches. Really? Only only olives, I think. What if what if Renly What if Renly pulled a dead cat out of his cloak? <laughs> okay. <laughs> he took a big bite out of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Damn, what if Renly had pussy? <laughs> Fuck. You can't okay. make you can't okay. make a sunder to his though, you won't. Okay. Uh, that's not how you make a yeah, sound, so it still won't work. Friendly. Uh, Honey. <laughs> we gotta talk to you. Renly's like, I love my sexy wife. Um, <laughs> we, we sleep together often. Um, okay, mm-hmm. it's Sansa time. Um, Sansa is awoken by Sander Clegane, um, and he looks a bit off, and she's like, this... This is probably not a good sign. And he says that she should get uh, go see Joffrey really quickly and try and look pretty and just do what you're told, basically, and it will be better for you. And she's like, uh, have they found out about Sir Dantis and my liaisons? But it's not. What they found out is that um, Rob has basically um, ambushed their uncle? Cousin? Uncle. What's his name? Yeah, their uncle, and um, basically destroyed his... Uh, party and it's like a it's a pretty good victory and Joffrey is not happy about it uh, and he's also not happy about the way things are going in the kingdom because people are upset and he has been shooting many things with his crossbow he's just been going wild with that thing yeah it sounds as like I'll wear I'll wear this nice this nice dress because he likes the color and she goes to see him and when she's there she finds like there's a dead cat there um Sedontis is drunk and uh, he's hanging around, but he's telling her to be brave. And then Joffrey's like, uh, you have to answer for your brother's treasons. And he's like, I'm going to get all my men to beat up this child. So Sir Lancel comes up and is like, yeah, your brother's army were like turned into demon wargs and killed a bunch of men. And it was all evil sorcery. And then and they ate them. <laughs> yeah, then they ate the flesh. <laughs> yeah. And Sansa's like, uh, sounds bad. <laughs> I would, I have nothing to do with this. I've been here literally the whole time. And um, Joffrey's like, you Starks are as unnatural as those wolves of yours. Because he's like, I, I know that you're wargs. Mm-hmm. Um, I know symbolism. Yeah, he's like, I've, I know the law, so I know what this means. Yeah. Um, and Joffrey's like, no, your, your father killed uh, Arya's, no, your father killed Lady um, but I killed your father, and I wish I'd, I wish I'd, I'd done it, and I could do it again at any moment. I can kill men all the time. I love to do it. Some men broke in and were yelling, and I shot them with a crossbow because I'm cool. They were, do, you, um, do you have the part what they were yelling? Uh, they were calling for bread. Yeah, it's... God, this guy sucks. Like he was some kind of baker. Joffrey sucks so much. Not the ruler... <laughs> Not the fucking ruler of the country who's supposed to keep infrastructure up and make sure people aren't just randomly starving. There's been a a few days ago, uh, Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> who we all remember, made a tweet about <laughs> things where politics should stick out. He shot the guy with a crossbow. 
<laughs> now he talked about how the, the following things should never be politicized or be political and the first of them was like it was the military <laughs> Uh, like, okay. was it was it bread prices that he fixed he didn't he somehow didn't mention bread prices <laughs> which <laughs> interesting. is interesting because uh I w- my point was joffrey understands politics about as much as mayor pete <laughs> <laughs> what what was a, a a military that is not used for for anything political even look like or do this is insane he was like the military healthcare and the postal service should never be politicized the cool dude famously not political mm. i <laughs> fucking hate what liberals have done to the word political mm. mm-hmm. i know right <laughs> Like, Jesus Christ. Right, anyway, before I go ranting. <laughs> Let's we not talk no about politics. This, podcast. this is an apolitical yeah. podcast. There's no politics in yeah. A Song of Ice and Fire. So. There's no politics, no. It's all just um, um, personal drama, which is different. Um, <laughs> so, so uh Joffrey's like, yeah, I'm not allowed to shoot you with my crossbow because they'll kill my uncle Jamie if I do. Um, so instead, I'm gonna get my men to hit you. Um, and Sedontis is like, I'll I'll try and throw him off. So he's like, I'll beat her with this melon, and hits her with like a melon, and she gets melon all over her. But she gets what he's doing, which is trying to get Joffrey to think this is funny and stop, don't do anything more violent. Um, so she's covered in melon, and it's kind of fucked, but it's fine. And she's like, yeah, th- this is... I can live with this. Um, but Joffrey doesn't find it funny and gets Savoris and Samarin to um, take away Sedontis. And then he says the line, leave her face, I like her pretty, very normal, normal child. Um, Boris punches her in the stomach, and they hit her in the back of the thighs with, like, the flat of the blade of a sword. So they're basically just fucking walloping her with a big metal stick, which is cool. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just really brutal. And the hound is like, enough. But the king's like, no, it's not. I'm going to keep going. Um, and then he gets Boris to um, tear off her bodice. So she's half naked. And Joffrey's like, yeah, now beat her up more. Um, and luckily Tyrion comes in at this point. And it's like, what the fuck? Um, First time we've ever said that phrase. Luckily, Tyrion comes in. <laughs> yeah. That's what Tyrion. Yeah. <laughs> you d- Thank you don't God. Hand it to Tyrion, but in this moment, yeah. Thank God, glad Tyrion's, Tyrion's here. here. <laughs> if Tyrion is unironically the good guy in a chapter, uh, you know, it's it's a bad chapter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was really like, I guess we'll talk about this more, but. In the entire chapter, uh, Tyrion doesn't do anything uh, despicable or bad or cringeworthy, which is weird. Eh, that's one thing. Mm. Oh yeah, he probably had a lot of thoughts um, that we were. Happy yeah, that's the thing to not have to read. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was probably gross. Um, but he, I mean, Tyrion, Tyrion isn't someone who like enjoys cruelty unless it's at someone who's been rude to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't. He's like not. A, he's not going to be on board with this. 
you have to really push him over into full Joker mode before he becomes a sadist. Yeah, before he's like, I'm going to murder... Okay, um, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, Tyrion comes in and is like, what the fuck are you doing? You're beating up a child. And so Boris is like, I'm just following orders. Um, and uh, uh, Bronn's like, wow, be careful with your big sword. You don't want to get blood all over your white cloak because that would be a pretty on-the-nose metaphor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Tyrion's like, someone give the girl something to cover herself up with. And so Sander gives her his cloak and she wears, like, the white cloak around herself. And she's like, thank God for that. Um, and then Tyrion, Tyrion's like, you're meant to be marrying this person. This is fucked up. And Joffrey's like, but I like to do it. Um, so, I, so I did it. Um, and, yeah, and there's this whole thing where uh, the King's Guard are like, you can't talk to the King that way. And Tyrion's like, I can talk to my nephew that way. And, you know, I have my own men, so I guess it's them against you. Um, and they threaten to go get Cersei, and Tyrion's like, yeah, go get Cersei, I fucking dare you. And it's, uh, and Joffrey's like, but fear is better than love. Um, that's what my mum says, she's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I underline that. (laughs) (laughs) And Tyrion's like, yeah, well, a pity that Stannis and Renly aren't like children that you can terrorise, so, whatever. Um, and he takes, um... He takes Sansa up to the Tower of the Hand, which she recognises because her dad was there. And she thinks about how knights actually fucking suck, and the only people who have been nice to her, or not horrible, have been people who aren't knights. Which, yeah. Um, She gets washed, and she has some dream wine, and she goes to sleep. And then when she wakes up, she's like, oh, I'm in the Tower of the Hand. Um, And she starts panicking, because she can't get to the Godswood easily from here, because she's being guarded. And then Tyrion comes back and she's drinking some water and eating some olives and he's like, they have a conversation where he keeps trying to like ask her her feelings about things and she keeps evading using careful lies because she doesn't trust him. And he, he sort of explains what actually happened with her brother, which was just like a fight. Mm-hmm. No army of wargs, no sorcery. <laughs> it wasn't actually sorcery. He has a very funny bit where he's like, Sorcery is the sauce fool's spoon over failure to hide the flavour of their own incompetence. My mutton-headed uncle had not even troubled to post sentries, and I'm like, hmm, sauce, mutton, I think Tyrion's hungry. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and and then he's like, how do you actually feel about Joffrey, just out of curiosity? And she's like, yes, I love him, he's great to me. And Tyrion's like, yeah, okay. And then he's like, hey, have have you had a... Are you menstruating and Sansa? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> it sounds nope. way worse than you say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it already sounded I, bad. I know. Uh, he says, have you flowered? And Sansa's like, wow, that's a bit inappropriate. She, and she's like, no. She should have said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not a plant, my lord. <laughs> I am a human. I'm not thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not. Please do not water, Please do not water me. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, and Tyrion's, oh, okay. <laughs> Tyrion's like, yeah, well, I'm not going to make you marry Joffrey um, because there's literally no way we can heal the divide between the Starks and the Lannisters at this point, and you will never marry a Lannister. Um, and Sansa's like, wow, that's pretty good. And then she looks at him a lot and is like, wow, he's really ugly. 
And then they talk about praying, and she evades some more questions. Uh, and then he's like, I'll, I'll leave you here, and we can guard you with my men who answer to me, and you'll be safe from Joffrey. And Sansa's like, no, please, because she has to go see Sedontis in the, in the God's Wood. So she says that she has nightmares in the tower because it's where her dad's um, men were killed. And Tyrion's like, oh, yeah, that's sensible. I also have nightmares. We'll send you back to your own room. And that's how the chapter ends. Yeah, fun. This is a good chapter, but yeah, another yeah. another tough one. But I, re- I do really like this chapter. It is it yeah. is like pretty cool how even at the beginning, um, when Joffrey like brings... Sansa and, and let Sansa bring let Sansa be brought in front of him and is talking about the wolves and uh, talking about how uh, the wolf that uh, Ned killed was attacking him and then she immediately says uh, lady never hurt you but you killed her anyway like that's it's so f- wild to me how she like immediately challenges him even though he like very clearly has the upper hand and is gonna be like clearly gonna be very uh, cruel to her. Like that's, I think that's like astonishing bravery in this situation. Like I couldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. I think with the lady stuff, she almost does it automatically. Yeah. She like can't stop herself from calling out his like lies about that particular one because it was, I think, so pivotal for their relationship. I think like the downturn. Yeah. And also important because it was her wolf. Yeah. You think it means anything that Joffrey killed a yellow cat? Um, I'm turning it over in my head. I wonder if it's like mm. kind of similar to Robert hunting a stag, which is also the symbol for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's possible. It's probably nothing, Joffrey. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a cat, cat, a cat needs I mean, to have a color, so you know, yeah, don't exactly. just pick anyone. <laughs> just a normal cat color. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Joffrey will never reap. <laughs> no. It's because he's not a baker, so he doesn't need it. Yeah, he doesn't need fl- any wheat. <laughs> <laughs> That's pleb shit. Yeah. I think it is wild that you could be the king and you can just fucking shoot random people. I mean, I know some of them are like breaking in and that's like a crime or whatever. And they're not breaking no, in, they're at the gate. No, they were just in front of the gate. They just want food. I want Oh, bread. were they just in front? Yeah. I thought he said one got through or something. I don't think, I don't remember, but they can't through, get through a gate. It's like... No. No, just as they came to the gate. Oh, they came to yeah. the gate. They just yeah, knocked on the door and said, hey, do you have any bread? We're starving to death here, and Joffrey said... And Joffrey's like, I have your bread right here, and it's a crossbow. Yeah. Yeah, Joffrey's so fucking bad in this. Like, we talked uh, previously about how he has trauma and bad parents and whatever, but, like, there's still, like, a point where He's where you kind 14, of have to... 13? <laughs> yeah. 13? Yeah. I mean, fear is better than love, so... Yeah, <laughs> so is he always this says. Is- yeah. It's hilarious because it's like obviously Cersei told him that or like you know Cersei told him that and she understands that like you don't say that with your entire court watching but yeah uh-huh. she doesn't pass that kind of tact on to Joffrey and Joffrey just says it in front of everyone in addition to beating uh you know a 12-year-old girl in front of everybody um yeah I don't know how like this court has not just dipped like i guess a lot of them have but 
Yeah. There's just daily, like, wild shit happening where there's no decor. Like, not even the pretense of, like, having shit under control. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, Aries is, like, burning people in the middle of the room. That's true. Yeah, if you, like... (laughs) Look, if you could, uh, if you could vote out Aries, and it would have to be Joffy, you'd still vote for him, right? Yeah, you know. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a one-party system, so no. Yeah, we could vote, vote for one for. of them. Listen, we can push Joffrey left. <laughs> <laughs> he seems reasonable to me. We could yeah. just, you know. I'm not trying to... Okay, please, I do believe in voting for damage mitigation while also, you know, doing other non-electoral activism, etc. But I'm not saying that the parties are the same. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. But aren't they... Um, yeah, and... <laughs> In a lot of ways. So I guess they're just... I guess they're just used to, like, kings doing, like, evil shit. Yeah. To the point where they're like, this is, like, not abnormal. And the fear tactic might just work on the people that are still hanging around. Like, okay, I better, I better not, like, uh, give this guy any, any reason to be mad at me. Yeah, so. it's hard to tell because it's from Sansa's perspective, but mm. like Lancel mm. appears to like have no feelings towards it, and everyone else is like not responding, and it's hard to tell how much is legitimately like people not caring or being fine with it, and how much is people not wanting to act like they do care, but actually being sort of horrified on the inside. Mm. I think it's mostly the latter. I mean, the two we get are Lancel and the. The red wine twins who are also captives. Um, yeah. So like, but the other, I get like most of the other lords that are still here are, what do you call them? They're from the crown lands. They're like, locally dependent on, the, like the there's like no one in between them and the king. It's basically mm-hmm. so like the other, you know they used to have, a lot other lords that would hang around, but like. You know, now it's just that are that were from other like places, but yeah, yeah. Now it's like, well, we gotta be here because this is there's a lot of this geography plays into politics, but <laughs> yeah, there's no politics in this though, so it's probably not. Yeah, yeah, it's just geography. Um, it's just, <laughs> it's just geography. geography. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about this. Honestly, it's a really well written, really grim. Chapter Sansa's great. Everyone else sucks. Tyrion kind of okay in this one. Do, do you think he feels like out of character even in this? No, Tyrion. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's probably. I don't know. It's probably fine. It's just because we were inside his head for so much yeah. in this book uh, that like him just saying normal things and not constantly quipping <laughs> is even feeling weird to me. Mm-hmm. But he does quip quite a yeah. lot during. The That's true. He does that I to think. Joffrey. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. we've seen him with some... like John. I think is kind yeah, of the only comparable cool. interactions. Yeah, where he's you know he's nice, kind of like maybe not by default, but yeah, but um, and I, I think the other like big thing that's going on here is that Santa is getting a lot better at lying, and mm. yes, she is. Uh, Tyrion's still like pretty good at sensing lies, obviously, and there's obviously like. Like who? Who would believe her if she said like, "Oh, I still love Joffrey," but 
you know, other things yeah. that she's lying about, she is getting um, other lies she's, like, getting away with or, or being believed pretty pretty easily. One, I don't know, the other... I guess I'll put, like, the like one symbolism thing. I mean, there's obviously, like, Nissa Nissa Azora High stuff here. Obviously? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we just called that... I mean, Joffrey's, like... You know, he's like the Azor High character. Mm-hmm. He's literally bearing, is making Sansa bear her breast. You know, like Nissa Nissa. Uh huh. Mm. Which, um, yeah, sucks. Um, yeah. But whenever, yeah, whenever she's like, she falls to the ground after that happens, basically, and then she stays there, and then Sandor gives her the cloak, this like white cloak. And I, that's uh, basically the same imagery as uh, whenever I talked about John, his burnt hand. The only thing that would like give it any relief is whenever he plunged it into ice, or, like covered mm-hmm. it in ice. So this is basically like the moon falling to earth and and dying, and like the only comfort that she gets is like the the snow that's like given to her by her children, basically, which are the moon meteors, the blanket. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was thinking if the if the thing with uh, Tonto sitting here with the melon and the melon cracking open on her, you know, cracking into pieces, is any? Well, melon anything? is kind of like a moon. Um, Ooh, could the melon be the moon? It's round. It's like an egg. <laughs> it breaks open. She gets it all over her, like the moon. Yeah. Well, the moon is the thing that breaks open. Yeah, like the yeah, melon. yeah. It's like the watermelon. Yeah. But the but Sansa is the moon. But there's two moons. Mm. Uh, the moons don't bunk into each other. <laughs> but could like, so you're s- it's like that game? But, Maybe they okay. will. Well, they won't because there's only one left. <laughs> we n- That's true. That's that so, no. Sansa isn't. Sansa with her red hair isn't the meteor that hits the moon, aka the watermelon. I don't think uh, so. I think that's destroying uh, the watermelon. I mean, no I think this is game of conquers being played with the moons. <laughs> but all the seeds come out the watermelon, which just seems like a blatant meteor metaphor to me. Um, I don't know. Um, basically, Dantes plays the role of like a, a failed Azor High. Like, um, mm. I think I've said that before. That like he's like Viserys, who he tries to. Um, uh, this is spoilers. He tries to do Azor high things, but it'll end up getting him killed because sometimes grasping the fire of heaven kills you. I think we can Damn. get into Damn. the spoiler zone because mm. I don't think there's much more we need to we have to say on spoiler this, right? Nah. I don't have anything else, I don't think. Yeah. That's good. Get spoiler Is it a spoiler zone? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's spoilers! It's, it's the spoiler. Look out above. It's the spoilers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What? <laughs> Uh, right. okay, let's...
Let's talk about spoilers. Let's talk about spoilers. Welcome to the spoiler zone. Welcome. Uh, so the Danto stuff, you know, if you've read the books before, as we have, we know that he's basically trying to trade Sansa for... Yeah. How many... He So he literally sells her for, um, I think it's like 10,000 dragons or something? Because it like gold mm-hmm. coins? Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly, so he's, yeah. Yeah. He's trading a moon moon maiden for dragons, you know. Okay, so. as, as you do. Okay, yeah. I like. I mean, I hate that he does it that's because I hate him and Littlefinger. But that's interesting. Yeah, and then he gets hit by the the bolts. So he's like, like the the one story that Bran recounts about that Nan told him about, like the little boy who climbs too high and he gets struck by lightning, and then the crows peck out his eyes. Like, mm. in either case, whether that person lives or dies, they're an Azor Ahai, like, you know, person. Because if they die, they still get their eyes pecked out, and that's symbolic of, like, gaining uh, extra sight, even though they're dead, like Waymar. Yeah. But anyway, so he gets a lightning bolt, which is, you know, a crossbow bolt to the chest whenever... So he, like, climbed too high up the tower also. Mm-hmm. So him hitting her with, like, the melon... I I would say that the melon is the because it's called a morning star. It's a fake morning star. Yeah. So he's trying to hit. He he's pretending to hit her with a comet and. Okay. Yeah. So he's just pretending. He's doing more pretend failure, Azor high stuff here. Interesting. I forgot that it was called. It's literally called a morning star. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It does say. Yeah. Also, I'm just looking over the. A chapter this isn't this isn't actually spoiler or myth or anything, but I'm just noticing with the underline the sentence where it says Geoffrey stood in the center of the throng. It says throng here, which I I yeah. th- it was probably gonna be thrown. No, throng what? throng is no, a word. Throng. Is throng a word? In the throng. Yeah, yeah you can't Yeah, it's a, like a crowd. Oh, I've never heard. I've never heard You can't word. stand in the middle of a throne. <laughs> Why not? He's small. Also, he's he's like out in a yard. He's fucking t posing, clipping through the iron throne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, throwing is weird. All right, I learned a new word. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, is there any? I think that's it for this answer one. Um, Chella is there. She is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, right, let's talk about Storm's End. Let's. I think one thing that I think is interesting about the Storm's End story is that it's. It says, some say the children of the forest helped, others say it was Brand the Builder, but all the songs agree mm-hmm. that this was the end result. So I think this is like, this is like a pretty funny hat or like a cool hat here where it's like. You know, this means, like, it's basically the same symbolism, right? Yeah, um... I mean, it's definitely, like, associating Bran the Builder with the Children of the Forest, is that what you're saying? Yeah. I do kind of like the, like... There's kind of, like, a little story going on there where it's, like, some people say it was the Children of the Forest, and then, like... They're, so they're pointing at the Children of the Forest, but then the others are pointing at the human Oh, the others, man, okay. Which is kind of funny, where it's, like, there's... They're both blaming each other for building 
Storm's End or something, maybe? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's kind of funny. There are a couple times where Renly's... Renly... It's another time where, like, two times where it seems like Gurm goes out of his way to use the word others, uh, referring to Renly's, uh, lords. Mm-hmm. But, um, Storm's End is really interesting. I've kind of gone back and forth on what it is supposed to represent, but I'll get to the, that. So the, like, just the first story of, like, how it's built, it's, you know, it's the seventh castle, so it's already associated with seven which is, like, icy, and it's another thing where, like, Durin stole a goddess and then caused a bunch of storms by doing so, and we can, we can blame, we can actually blame these storms on the Long Night, because, uh, I mean, through the other figures, like, this, this story is supposed to have happened during the Age of Heroes, which is, Mm -hmm. like, long-ass time ago, it's kind of unclear whether or not it happened all before the long night, or some of it was probably during, like, but that's a whole other thing. But the Brand the Builder is here, so we can probably say that it's like, uh, who, and Brand the Builder is also said to have built the wall. So that's like another, that's a link to the wall. And another one is that uh, it ha- seems to have similar, like, warding ancient spells in it as the wall, because Malisandre, whenever she births the shadow baby in the Davos chapter that's coming up, she has to be, like, rowed in. That's the whole reason that Davos takes her in there, because there's, like, spells that stop shadows from passing under its walls. And that seems really similar to... So, like, that Storm's End has wards that stop the fiery shadows and... The wall has mm. some kind, of, probably has some kind of wards that stop the white shadows, you know. And it yeah. it might be the same ward. It might be that it protects against both because. Um, yeah, because dragons can't go over the wall, can they? As well, or they don't like it. It seems to be implied. It it says like yeah, there's that thing in Fire and Blood where the dragon wouldn't go past it. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know what you mean. I've seen the show and it just easily went past the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they flew around it, you know. Like, yeah, actually, the others were waiting for a dragon to arrive. That's why it took them so long. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Cold Hands can't pass past the wall, and he's like an undead guy. Yeah. So anyway. It's like, it blocks magic, yeah. Yeah, it seems like similar things going on here. Yeah. At least, so that's like another association. Another association that has with the wall is that it's, like, Drum Tower is described like a fist that's, like, rising up, and that is likened to the Eerie and the Mountain's Lands by way of Gregor's helmet that looks really stupid, though, because Gregor has that fist helmet, and he's, like, the mountain that the Eerie is on, which are Ice Moon symbols. It's like the mountain man who is like the actual mountain which is like the ice moon so it's kind of a train to get there but <laughs> that's that's another reason it's icy but anyway the like story so uh anyway that's like i i don't really know if it's um symbolic for i think it is really symbolic for the wall because Kalen also talks about the the siege that ned lifted whenever stannis was there in the rebellion I should have organized my thoughts. I'm jumping all over the damn place. But anyway, and she, um, whenever Ned went there, I've already 
he he stops the storm's end he raises the siege tells like all those dudes hey your king is dead and you should bend the knee and they do and then he goes on to the tower of joy where he finds john and liana i've already said that the tower of joy scene could be like an echo of what happened after like you know towards the end of the long night because it's whenever like ned who's like a last hero figure finds he like rescues the other baby john and it's after Rhaegar, the Night's King guy, has been killed. But anyway, I I've played started uh, just kind of like recently started playing with the idea that uh, we could stretch that echo back even further to him going to Storm's End, which could be like the Wall. And what do we find there? But a bunch of like green Reachmen. I think I I've been saying that like the Reachmen in Renly's army are already like uh they're like green men before they've turned into others. And we're going to see that in the next chapter with the next Catelyn chapter that right now they keep getting these Knights of Summer. They they keep getting called that. But then once they go over to Stannis, they become like icy guys. And that plays into things like the Florence. Uh, all the Knights Kings figures have symbolic others that are around them. So like the Kingsguard and John's john's wolf and uh stannis has the florence specifically but the queensmen generally and the florence are they have that ice moon symbol for a sigil mm. but they're right now most of them are with rently right now so then they're starting off with like the knights of summer and then they're gonna become the like icy green men or oh, icy... That's cool. yeah so where the fuck was i Anyway, so if Ned... I Okay, I lost my train of thought. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Ned lifted the siege and went to the to the Tower of Joy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Ned, so Ned... Yeah, so that, that could be like... Uh, Ned... And he rescues Stannis there, too, which is another interesting, interesting thing that I haven't completely figured out yet. Um, because... You know, Stannis, if the wall, if Storm's End is like an ice moon place, then Stannis is already, like, he starts off as the dragon locked in ice there, and then he gets freed by Ned, and then Ned goes on to, I don't know, I have to think about that more before I start rambling now, but basically think of uh, Ned's journey during Robert's Rebellion as, like, if you just flip the map upside down, it would be, like, what Last Hero does, where, like, they fight Night's King at the Trident, which is... I can't remember if Danny has had that dream yet. No, that's in Storm. Danny has that dream where she dreams of fighting the Battle of the, dra- the Trident again, but her enemies are armored in ice, and she, like, melts them with her dragons. That's, like, pretty obvious, like, foreshadowing that uh, the others... She'll fight the others, and it might be at the Trident. So if you start from the Trident, that's where they win the battle, like the big battle, but then he still has to keep going north to try and like, he liberates the wall, and then he goes like into the heart of winter and steals the other baby. Um, so that's kind of cool. I need to flesh that out more, but... Okay. Um, point is that... Oh, I just realized that, too, that where... Um, Stannis's army and the and Storm's End are making an eclipse. Okay. Okay. 
I this is why I wanted to take a break. I'm fucking brain dead right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is where my heavy lifting starts, and you guys are like ready to. You, you're like, oh, the the rest of the podcast is easy. Yeah, <laughs> we just get to yeah, sit back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just absorbing. <laughs> I don't know. You're gonna edit this, so if you get, come up with a more cohesive thing, you can just uh, edit it in here, and we're gonna. Do you want us to sure. pretend to react to that? <laughs> Please. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's definitely accurate to the intention and the subconscious metaphor of the book. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Point is, oh, I, I think, okay, one of the things I forgot to mention is that the reason we can blame those storms on the long night and why we can place like its construction during the long night is because the arm of Dorne, it says like, okay, he steals the goddess and then the storms start. And then, you know, Azor High stealing the goddess brought the meteors down, which broke the arm of Dorne. And once you do, once you break the arm of Dorne, that's going to cause like huge shifts in climate, right? Because, like, yeah. you've opened up this whole new... And it says, like, the storms come up the narrow sea. Mm. So they're coming from the south. Up the, like, newly... You know, the Arm of Dorne would have sheltered that off before. So, um... It's a, you know, similar thing going on there. And I also think that the, like... There's that line where the... It says the children of the forest, um... Shaped the stone with their magic... Which is uh, bullshit, because the children don't do that. Yeah, that was I was thinking, like, the, the, the children don't really build castles. Uh-huh. No, they don't, so why would they don't work in any kind of stone. Yeah. I don't know, but it is. Yeah, they, I guess it's obsidian. I mean, that's glass. Mm. It's not really... I yeah. guess it's a rock. But that's the only stone that they could be said to work in. What if they made a glass castle, though? Oh, it's the wrong cool. castle. Mm-hmm. It's, we know what Storm's End looks like. So. <laughs> well, there are people that uh, shape stones with magic, and that's uh, dragon lords. Dragon lords? Okay. And we've already said that during the time of the Long Night, there were dragon lords in Westeros trying to steal mm-hmm. children of the forest powers. Okay. So, I don't know. Okay. Maybe... I don't. I'm not saying that there's a few stone fortress uh, under Storm's End, but <laughs> if it were to be revealed, you would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. Mm. And the last thing I wanted to talk about is um, Eleni uh, herself. That name is basically. It's like the English version is just Helen, but that's basically the oh like the God, Greek, okay. the Greek name. That's so twisted. Eleni El- <laughs> like Eleni is yeah. uh, it means like um, what it, it means like be- like really bright and beautiful, basically like mm-hmm. shining or. Mm. So is this like a is this like a uh, an Iliad thing? I mean, it is kind of like there's some of that going on there. Because, yeah, that's Helen of Troy. That's, like, yeah. where her name comes from. And, um, you know, similar things going on here where... But, I mean, not exactly the same. But there, there is the 
like Helen has the association with um, Aphrodite through because she like picked her. Yeah. Yeah. She has like that association with the you know Venus mythology, and she's also um, Elena is like she's a the daughter of the sea and the wind gods, right? Yes. So I was gonna ask about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, first off, this is like interesting because uh, Stormlanders have like a similar thing to the the Ironborn. A similar like schema of gods, but yeah, it seems like something that was something that the first men like had before they adopted the old gods worship, and it's just kind of stuck around and been morphed and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she by virtue of being their daughter is like uh, is like an oceanic goddess that she's like a goddess of the sea, so she's and that's similar to Aphrodite too because she was like the seaborn like mermaid woman kind of thing and also the whenever it says like the first storm came and it fucked up everything but el and i sheltered Dern in her arms and that's like the same thing as uh hiding in a weirwood cave like among the weirwood roots and that's the same thing as um the like norse mythology idea of uh people surviving Ragnarok by hiding in Yggdrasil's roots. Yeah. I did feel like... Because we said earlier how doesn't it feel like how George is kind of zooming out of um, Cat's perspective here for a bit. And it is kind of interesting to see like in a Cat POV chapter where she like thinks about the story of a sea god and the goddess of the wind and it's like not commented at all how that would fit into the you know because cat is like part of the mm-hmm. fate of the seven so it's yeah. kind of interesting well, I mean, to have it just stand there i think it i mean she's taught you know history and yeah uh whenever she sees a thing it brings up associated memories so but are they I, like i think it's yeah i don't know how i guess hmm I guess we never really did talk about like monotheism or like whether religions are exclusive in, in <laughs> Westeros cuz that's like like I've been listening to the good podcast of Vacation Bible School and they talk a lot about this how like the, the Old Testament god wasn't like a mono like there wasn't even a notion of monotheism at that point and he was like just a guy basically Uh, right. And he had to fight and compete against the other gods for a bit. Uh, yeah, in, in the and then beginning. it became. Is is there? There isn't really a monotheistic religion in in Westeros. Like, and fire. Yeah, I mean the the seven are kind of kids, the seven aspects of one yeah. god, kind of. But you know. Yeah, but that's the question: if if the seven count as like exclusive in a in a sense of you should not worship any other gods. Um, we don't, maybe, like, when we get a maester POV, we, we're gonna get some, like, oh, well, these, they're gonna, like, give us some mythology theory mm-hmm. about, like, oh, we called these things gods, or we have these tales about gods, but really they were just personifying nature, and uh, now we have the seven or something, but I think it's just, like, this is just how they understand the world yeah. at this point, it's not, like... Mm. 
you know, there's a legend and it says some shit and like you don't have anything to compare that to, maybe. Yeah. Does that make sense? So you're just like, well, that's the story and like you still are yeah. like the the idea of thinking of like of natural phenomena as um as like personified like yeah like there's no like challenge to that idea yet or like it doesn't seem weird to them at all like i guess yeah no it's interesting because i never like on my previous reads i didn't consider like the way religion would work in westeros like that deeply so Mm -hmm. uh like i mean there's i I think there's certainly no concept of like the one all-powerful god like they all seem to have like rather limited uh reigns of of influence yeah it's not like the the one the one entity that that controls or can influence everything i mean i don't even think that the seven Mm. like we've never been given the sevens version of like genesis you know Mm. yeah there's never like they haven't even i don't even know if they claim that like the seven created everything Mm. i think they're just like like they exist and they will do nice things for you if Mm. you believe in them and ask them for it Mm. Do we get any like or like creation myths at all? I'm just remembering the the one line from from Mr. Lewin where he said even gods die. So yeah, maybe there there right. is a, more yeah. the concept that okay, Genesis that the, there were gods that created the world, but then like they left, and now is kind of the, the age of the seven. But they might also like vanish in some point maybe and re- be replaced by different gods. Maybe it's because Lewin is educated and so metaphorically he killed God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's like, we think we've killed God by thinking about it hard enough, but we're not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. There, There's there's basically like, I don't, I mean, I, I am not like a comparative uh, mythology or theology science man. I don't know shit, mm. but as far as I understand it, it doesn't feel like, like, is there, like, an ancient Greek myth? Is there, I guess there's, they, their conception of it was, like, first there was nothing, and then that gave birth to another thing, and then had sex with that thing to have more things, and then they made a bunch yeah. of shit. Mm. I guess that's yes. kind of creation myth, but... Um, in Assyria, it's that there was one god, and then he ejaculated, and that formed the rivers. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I'd have to look into it, but I think for A Song of Ice and Fire, mostly it's like, this city has like existed forever, or we were already here, but then a guy came from space in a Pearl spaceship, and he rolled for a while, and then he left again, and then there, that's like it. Or like, there was one man on Westeros named Gartha Green, and then he fucked a lot. <laughs> like, I don't know if there's anybody that anywhere that we get like here's how the world was made i don't know hmm. well maybe we'll find out winds of winter in a few yeah weeks. yeah the other thing is that germ has like a pretty good excuse for having really like incomplete and nonsensical uh mythologies and, and folklores which is that 
8,000 years ago, which, I mean, that's already enough time to, like, generate a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, of stories and bullshit, mm-hmm. which there there is. But, like, you know, 8,000 or 6,000 years ago, basically 90% of knowledge was lost. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Are we okay. done with the myth? <laughs> I think so. I think that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I hope I hope this is gonna be coherent when the episode goes up. I think it is. Yeah, yeah now remember looking at your audacities here that we did talk about Weezer and Doctor Who for like forty five minutes, so <laughs> this is deceptive. It was no, like you got to leave that minutes. in. I think it was good. <laughs> okay. Uh I'm just I'm just want people to know that Hurley is a good album. Um should we do like ring Yeah, yeah sure. Lemon cakes. Oh, that's it. <laughs> wow, my brain's really gone today. It's terrible. Should we do lemon cakes? Yes, let's do lemon cakes. Let's go. <laughs> I am um, so sweaty right now. Is that your lemon cake? I'm trying to think of what my lemon cake even is. I um, I don't know. It's been kind of a weird week for me in terms of like yeah. I've been enjoying like things, but like nothing big that uh, stood out to me. So I don't know. I'm just going to throw out one thing I've been enjoying today, which is the music of a little-known Canadian band called The Bare Naked Ladies. Ah. I've been listening to their album Maroon, and it's really good. It has Pinch Me and Falling for the First Time, and a ton of other great songs. Uh, The Humor of the Situation, also really good one. Yeah, it's not that, it's the follow-up. That's also a really good album, that stunt. They're a good band, and huh. if you think they're a one-hit wonder, give them another chance, because they have tons more great songs. Yeah, they have um, the song where they were... I'm, shit, let me like put this joke together for a second. Uh, I was going to make a joke about how they have more than just one song, because they have the song where they remix themselves with another band, but it was just the same song and they remix that same song with another band. I don't know. Oh, like, it's the end of the podcast. Any joke goes... Little Nas X or what are you talking about? This is this is a solid joke. I was gonna joke... Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> this was nothing. This is going great. My lemon cake is the book Weird Sisters by Terry Pratchett because it's pretty good and... I was rereading it for the other podcast that I do, and I was like, damn, this is genuinely just like a really good book, so check yeah. that out. I was also rereading it, coincidentally. That is a coincidence. Okay. My lemon cake this week was uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> at the, I think, fifth or sixth session in the in the campaign, and like I only knew the DM beforehand, and the other two players uh, I didn't know before, and you know, now we're getting kind of in a in the area where we have fleshed out our characters and know each other and really can start role playing instead of like <laughs> you know, just just playing out the rules and uh, yeah. Nice. Always always fun to have a good good group going. Yeah. Right, Emmanuel, do you have one? Um, no, uh, you know, I'm feeling okay. 
<laughs> okay. That's nice. I guess. <laughs> okay. You know. Wow. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening to the good podcast, A Song of yeah. Babies and Puppies. Hopefully I can make this listenable in the edit. A short, <laughs> compact uh, episode with only yeah. four hosts. Yeah. Only two and a half <laughs> yeah. hours of recording, so... Yeah, short one. <laughs> Brief. Concise mm. to the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very uh, concise. I hope we. I hope we've been good <laughs> centrists and haven't angered any of the Renly or Stennis fans. <laughs> I think with Kay yeah. not being here, it's like we were more reasonable yeah. towards mm. Renly. Well, um, it's also that he is going to die soon, and I do <laughs> like things about him, and he's a very good character. Not, not a lot more screen time after this. Yeah, and the other thing is like. You know, Stannis, if he had died here, we would hate Stannis. Mm. Like, mm. probably. You yeah. know, like, Renly, Renly did not get the chance to go on and. <laughs> to have a cat and, attack, yeah. Yeah, so uh, he got kind of sh- cut short. Um, you know, maybe if he'd suffered a, a big loss at the, at the Blackwater instead, he'd be reconsidering things. Yeah, maybe he'd have turned up at the war. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? I I super can't imagine that honestly. But the the thing is, Randy would have just won the war and have been a good king, and that would have been very boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. He would would he have been a good king? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> he would have been decent. Well, we'll never know. I hope I hope Kay stopped listening at this point because I <laughs> I was also thinking that like honestly, if I'm if I'm actually very honest to myself, I do think it's kind of funny how early Renly dies in, into the entire uh, into this series. Like, you know, it's sad, but it's also like kind yeah. of funny how this like <laughs> War of the Five, five Kings uh, and Renly's um, Renly's role in it ends like halfway through the book. And it's kind of like you know, Stannis is also it's kind of like an underdog story because his army is so much smaller here. So you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has no tricks who, up who, his who sleeve. Who doesn't like something. Exactly. He does have a trick up his sleeve, which is that. Uh... Well, we get to that next week. Well, I mean, no, I didn't even mean that. I meant like if he had come to battle, he had a plan for, uh, you know, <laughs> fighting a, a bigger force mm-hmm. than he has. Yeah. But yeah, didn't, he does have a, do a second either. trick that. Yeah. <laughs> he d- he d- who knows if he even knew what he was doing when he did it, but he definitely found out or realized afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, okay. we'll talk about Fuck all of Jorah. that next week. Thank you for listening. We'll, we'll talk about the continuation of the, the epic Renly saga yeah. next next week. Uh, Fuck Joffrey. Fuck Joffrey. Fuck Jorah. Fuck Sir Boros. Fuck Sir So much. Uh, yeah. Fuck Lord Kingsguard. Fuck the concept of yeah. a Kingsguard. Fuck Don't. The king should be as vulnerable as all at all yeah. times as possible. If he can't defend yeah, himself, so. he doesn't deserve to be king. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well. fight, fight better. <laughs> um. uh, fuck Randall Tarly. He also appears in it, even though he doesn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck him. Bye. Bye. Bye.